We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the WEEI Studios. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. An Odyssey station. Time now for the Brian Barrett Show on WEEI. All right, hour two of the Brian Barrett Show. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. BB will be with you at 615. Getting you set for Red Sox, Yankees in the Bronx. Big game tonight for the Sox. Nick Pavetta on the mound. Got to get this one. Last night means nothing if they don't get this one. Um, I think there's a huge X factor in play for the Patriots this year. Before we get to that, though, let's talk to Jeff in New Bedford on the Patriots and Red Sox. Jeff, what's going on, man? Hi, how are you? What's going on? I'm. Uh, my big thing is this: is that uh, I think Mac's going to have a great second year, and I don't see a lot of support coming from, you know, everybody on that. And uh, I want to give the guy a chance, and I think he'll be great. Secondly, with the Sox, if they're going to sell, if all these guys are going to go in free agency, what happens with Chris Sale? How come they don't uh, put him on the market, let somebody pick him up and get prospects? That's a good point. Thanks for the call, Jeff. your opinion. Yeah, thanks for the call, Jeff. I would absolutely do that. Um you know, I would absolutely do that because that's a great thought because if you think, if you have questions about whether or not Chris Sale will have the availability to help you make a playoff run, I mean, let's be honest right now, the fact, the, the likelihood that the, that the Red Sox make this big playoff run isn't great. Now, I don't know what you'd get for Chris Sale at this point. He's got a huge contract, and I think other teams would have those same questions. So why would you get a top prospect for Chris Sale when you don't, you know, other teams might not know if he'll be available for them? I would try if I'm the Red Sox, though. I mean, I, I guess I'm just down on Chris Sale. I'm down on Chris Sale. I don't, I don't think Chris Sale is going to be, you know, he's ever going to be the guy that the Red Sox hoped he would be when they got him. Obviously, he's contributed. Obviously, he's had good moments, and his stats back it up. He's had a good run here, statistically. But I don't think he's ever going to be the guy that they wanted him to be in terms of this postseason glory in the form of an ace starting pitcher, a guy you can, a stopper you can give the ball to, and you got to have a win. Um, so, yeah, I'd put him on the block. I'd see if there was anything out there, if I could get prospects for him. Definitely. Definitely. I would definitely do that. I just don't know what you get based on his contract and based on his availability and health history. Um, in terms of Mac Jones, I'm with you. I want. I think Mac Jones is going to be the stud. I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's going to be everything that you know the the Patriots could have hoped for. I don't know if he's going to be atop the league. You know, I think his ceiling. You know, somebody. I, I was talking to uh, 
Ben Kitchen on this. He, he said, I think Matt Ryan would be his ceiling, and I think I like that. You know, Matt Ryan feels like a good ceiling for Mac Jones. Um, You give him a huge weapon like Julio Jones one day? We'll see. We'll see. But I do think Mac Jones is going to take a step forward this year. But based on who he has around him, I don't know how big of a step. Devontae Parker, I'm looking forward to seeing him play. I think he could have a nice year. It would definitely benefit the Patriots if he turned into a number one. But he is not the big X factor that is in play this year for that football team. He is not the big X factor for this year, wins and loss-wise, and for the future, is the 2022 draft class. That is the big X factor this year. If the Patriots have a guy or two that can play, or if they have a guy, this would be even better, who was a stud, that is going to severely change the way this season goes, this team is viewed, and the future of Bill Belichick, in my opinion. Right now, you know, they have some nice receivers, but it's a lot of B guys at best. It's it's Kendrick Bourne, it's Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker. I'm not making him an A. You know, he's a B guy at best. But, and we've seen it, if you're a young receiver that can play, you can play quick. You don't have to wait three years to develop. If they do get a guy, thanks, man. If they get a guy that can really play, and I'm thinking, I guess, Tyquan Thornton, you know, that's probably the guy I'm looking at. If for some reason he turns into Tyreek Hill, well, that would be something. And that would change the complexion of this season, not to put too much pressure on Tyquan Thornton. But it doesn't have to be a receiver. I mean, preferably it would be, but it doesn't have to be. It could be one of the Joneses that they got from as a defensive back. It could be... um, Cam McGrone, who wasn't a part of this draft class, but essentially is viewed as like a new draft pick that they're going to see what they have. It like they have to have a guy explode. That that's the only thing I think that could really change up the trajectory of this season. And I know that's asking a lot. You know, it's asking a lot to hope for Micah Parsons or Jamar Chase like that. It's asking a hell of a lot. And it doesn't need to see. It doesn't necessarily need to be on that level, but it's got to be something significant, something where we sit back and say, "Oh shoot, that is, we that's something we got here." That like it needs to be that noteworthy. If it's not, or let's say it goes the other way, and this draft class sucks, or you got a guy, you know, Cole Strange can play. He's within the rotation. He's getting snaps, but other than that, there's nothing really there. Then. I think that puts Bill Belichick, depending on the record and Mac Jones' progression, in a tough spot. That's the way it is. Now, some people might say, boo-hoo, they went 7-9 and in their rebuilding year, and then they bounced back with 10 wins. Uh, yeah, that's fine. But I, I don't know what you want me to do. I mean, I don't know what you want me to do after sitting here for 20 years and watching them win six championships and go to a million AFC championship games and Super Bowls. What do you want me to do? You know, I guess I could recalibrate my expectations and reassess my expectations, but that's not going to make me any less ornery. It's just not. I mean, subconsciously, I know where this team has been, 
the same head coaches in place, and I want to get back there. That's what I want subconsciously. So I, I, you know, I don't do a good job of suppressing my true feelings. Okay, so just because they, sh- you know, they're not, obviously not going to win, they're probably doing the best they can with what they have. Uh, that's not going to make me feel any better. What will make me feel better is if they have drafted a couple of studs, and and now I, at least I don't have to watch Nikhil Harry clunk clunk his way around an NFL football field anymore. For crying out loud, it took long enough for that to happen. What a horrible pick. That's one of the worst selections in Bill Belichick's life. One of the worst picks. When you factor in the timing and who else was available, <laughs> I mean, th- that's his. Th- there's not much else to say. It's just, it was so bad. And it really. I don't want to say it's going to be a black mark on his career that's being dramatic, but, I mean, that was horrific. The Nikhil Harry draft pick and selection was one of the worst moves made in the draft by Bill Belichick ever, okay? Just because, one, the timing. Tom Brady was on his last leg in New England, and who knows? Now, I happen to still think he would have left, but if you did hit big time on that pick, maybe things are a little bit different and Brady's more willing to stay. Maybe things end differently with the Patriots, and they do get another Super Bowl because Brady stays. You have another weapon. And he thinks, you know, he's more appreciative that you went out and you got a guy for him to use, a new toy. Who knows what would have happened? Okay? You didn't get it. You didn't get a guy that was any good. Brady obviously knew it right away. And you passed on a bunch of ballers. Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin. I'm not the biggest DK Metcalf fan, but he's better than Nikhil Harry. You pass on all those guys. You 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 missed in one of Tom Brady's final years, in his final year, and it was at a position of absolute need that's never been of higher importance in the NFL than it is today. It's it's just the triple whammy of suck for Bill Belichick in regards to the Nikhil Harry selection. There's no way around it. I'm not going to go as far as to say it set the organization back. But had that been a home run pick, who knows what could have happened. And I'm just glad I won't have to watch him again. I mean, watching him, you know, clumsy himself around the football, I was done with it. Even when he made a good play, it was it was an adventure. You know, I felt like he could barely stay on his feet. Like, he never played football before. I don't understand. I'll never get it. But it's good that he's gone. Good luck in Chicago. Take care. See you later. I'll take my chances with what the Patriots currently have at wide receiver, which there's no number one, but there is some depth there. You know, I I think, you know, they wouldn't be as bad off if this was a baseball team. It's a football team, and you need a number one receiver. You need a high-level, high-end, top-of-the-league type guy, and they don't have that. And I just hope that – and I I actually think if Mac Jones – doesn't do well or doesn't do as well as we'd like or think he might do this year, I think that's going to be a much bigger reason as to why, and I'm talking about their lack of weaponry or an elite pass catcher for Jones to throw to, than Bill uh, or Matt Patricia and Joe Judge calling plays or whatever the fiasco turns out being with the, with the offensive coaches. I do not think that will be as big of a factor for the Patriots as the lack of weapons and, and talent on the outside and with their skill position guys, specifically their pass catchers. 
I think that will be the biggest thing that the that holds Mac Jones back and the Patriots back. That's what I think. Because there are just other people here, and there are other people, um, it, you know, other people, other teams in the AFC that are just too good. They have high-level guys at those key positions, and if the Patriots don't, I don't think they're going to be able to compete. You can't trust that defense. You cannot trust that defense going down the stretch. No matter how good they are, you can't trust them until we see otherwise. There's no reason to think they're going to dominate on that side of the ball, and honestly, they can't. They need to change their identity, and the faster they become an offensive identity via a very dynamic passing attack, they're never going to get to where they want to go. And then you supplement all that offense and all that passing then with a good defense. You got to start with the offense and the passing. And you're, you you go from there out. The defense is that's just not good enough to build a defense and a running back room. It's not good enough. I made the comparison a hundred times, but the the 2009 Jets is not the team I want to see playing at Gillette Stadium this year. I want them to throw the ball. I want them to cover, and I want them to get after the passer. That's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. And we'll see if they're able to do it, if they're, and if Jones can elevate them enough. I love the fact that he's working out with guys. I love the fact that he's taking a leadership. Like, all those things are important. Don't get me wrong. But they don't mean anything if you don't have the game to back it up. You have to have on-field game. You know, you need all those other things. But they don't do anything if you don't have the game. You've got to have the game. It's like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has the game. He doesn't have those other things. Never had him like Brady had him. Didn't lead, didn't create the culture of the way Brady did. That's the biggest reason that the Packers have only been to one Super Bowl since the most talented quarterback of all time has been here. Or has been in Green Bay. I think Mac Jones takes a step forward this year. I think he looks really good. I don't know if he's going to have enough talent around him to throw to to make him really stand out and to get to the next level as a team and as a winning organization in terms of playoff victories and things like that. I don't think he has enough help. We'll see. I do like Devontae Parker. He's torched you. That methodology has worked in the past. See Wes Welker. But to think he's good, like to mention Randy Moss's name, Mike, that's just not good. That's not going to happen. That's not appropriate. Don't bring up Randy Moss. It's inappropriate. He might have a good season. He might be pleasantly surprising. He will never come near Randy Moss. All right. Um, Tom Brady is back. Tom Brady did a recent interview with Variety Magazine. Tom Brady got together with uh, Gronkowski and Edelman and Amendola, I think, in association with the filming of his movie 80 for Brady or whatever that is. Um, you know, a lot of things that Tom Brady does annoys me now, but I'm going to tell you one thing that doesn't annoy me about Tom Brady and that I very much appreciate about him. I want to make that point. We're going to do that next. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Is the Brian Barrett Show on WEI. Merloni, Fourier, and Mego. Weekdays, 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. The warm weather is here, and Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey is saying, screw it, let's shoot it. Lick the salt, shoot the screwball, and the finish it, and the finish it with an orange slice. Lick it, shoot it, screw it. Screwball Peanut Butter Whiskey. Please enjoy responsibly. 
Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Nathan Navaldi made his return to the Sox rotation. We went four in the third innings. Last night, giving up six hits and three runs while striking out four. The Sox had three home runs, including uh, ding-dongs from Raphael Devers, just 21st. Xander Bogart scored the winning run in the 11th on a wild pitch. And the Sox last night beat the Yankees 4-3. to They will play game two of their series in New York tonight. Nick Pavetta gets the start opposite James Tallion. Joe, uh, Joe Castig, Sean McDonough, and Will Fleming have the call with first pitch at 7.15 across the Shaws and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network. Shaws and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. And I have to go there right after the show because I need oatmeal. Be sure to tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show with Brian Barrett at 6.15. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. And you know what? I need chicken nuggets, too. I got to say all this or I'm going to forget. Shaws, we'll see you there. Um... And, I, and who's leading the the Open right now? Is it Roy McIlroy? Roy McIlroy was in contention, leading the Open. It's going to be a great final day at the Open with McIlroy down there um, over at St. Andrews. And that's what's trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. McIlroy tied for the lead with Victor Hovland at minus 16. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Brian Barrett Show on WEI. All right, back here on the Brian Barrett Show. Mark Dundere with you until uh, about another hour here as we get set for Red Sox-Yankees. Game two of their series in the Bronx. Um, so I was just thinking of this. I've thought about this before, and it came to the forefront again this weekend with the Open Championship. Tiger Woods did not make the cut. Um, but just a quick thought here. And, you know, Tom Brady, obviously, he's annoyed me a lot since he left New England. And, I, you know, I don't understand all the things, you know, some of the things that he says and does and all of it. Like, I can't understand why he has so many businesses now. That makes no sense to me when you've talked and hemmed and hawed about the family and the time with the kids and the balance. And he just said in this Variety article that one of the, ch- the biggest challenge to him and Giselle as parents is the fact that they have so much money, you know. Now, they were going to have so much money with or without these other business ventures, but why, why did you have so much? Why so many businesses if part of the reason you're stressed as a dad is because you have too much money and the kids live this life that most kids don't live? Why all the business? I don't understand the businesses, the, the clothing and crypto. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it, but whatever. Um, here's what I appreciate about Tom Brady, okay? T- totally immensely appreciate about Tom Brady because when you put when you look at other guys in his class and I'm looking at two other guys Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods both of those men um, I don't think got the most out of their talent and ability okay I, I don't think they did now Jordan went and played baseball and I get it you know, there was that thing he was going through a tough time. His dad had died. He went and played baseball, whatever. We'll never know what would have happened those two years 
had he continued to play basketball. I mean, there's a chance the Bulls might have won eight straight titles, and that would have been a different level. But it's inevitable. I mean, you cannot deny the fact that there are a lot of what ifs associated with Michael Jordan because of his time playing baseball. And then even afterwards, I know he was older, um, but he did come back again with the Washington Wizards. So there are a few what ifs associated with Michael Jordan in his career, namely the baseball stuff. Tiger Woods. You know, he really didn't win a major throughout his 30s. You know, where a lot of golfers are in their prime, Woods was hurt, you know, was having affairs, but was mainly hurt because he was infatuated with army training, okay? And he messed up his back and knees and doing all these things and running through the desert with, with uh, you know, ba- a backpack on and you know, tires attached to him or whatever you want to call it. You know, the the boots with the weights and it just, he messed himself up physically because he was doing army training, training that wasn't necessary. He didn't get, he didn't make the most of his career. As appreciative as everybody is for Tiger Woods and what he did for the game of golf, that guy left so much on the table, it makes you nauseous. I mean, when you think about what he could have been, it's just so disappointing how much he left on the table when you look at the totality of his career. He, he was better than Jack Nicholas. He was the best golfer to ever walk this earth. Okay, He was born to be a golfer. Everything about him was awesome and excellence related to golf. From the way he played the game to his attitude back when he was younger where he was just a killer, an assassin, to his upbringing, to being a loner, to being, you know, even his name, Tiger Woods, like awesome for his brand, the Nike, the moments, the dominance, the way he did everything back then. You know, it was Jordan-esque, the way he was a killer. He, he's, he wowed you with his physical gifts the way Jordan did, the way Jordan flew through the air. He would wow you, Tiger would, with the shots he would make in golf and the things he would do on a golf course. Tom Brady... He never really did that. Physically, he never really wowed you. I mean, his longevity wows you, but physically, he never really wowed you with what he did physically on the field. He would drop back and pass and knew where to throw because he was really good between the years. He would stay cool under pressure and never get overwhelmed by the moment because he was really good under pressure and smart, good between the years. But physically, you know, he wasn't Michael Vick. He wasn't Michael Vick. I think Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan were sort of Tom Brady laced with Michael Vick. They were elite champions, winners, had all of the things, the intangibles Brady had. Obviously, Tiger didn't need to, you know, it's not a team sport, so it was a little bit different there in terms of the leadership. But in terms of being a, a killer and cool under pressure and elite between the ears, I think Brady and Jordan and, and Woods can all speak that same language. But those guys, Woods and Jordan, also had that Michael Vick component. They wowed you physically. Brady didn't wow you physically, but what Tom Brady did was make every moment of his career count, unlike Jordan and unlike Woods, who blew things, who left things on the table. Brady left nothing or has left to this point. He's still playing, obviously. He's left nothing on the table. And then some. Playing till he's 46 years old or whatever he'll be when he retires. He has left nothing on the table. 
we have gotten everything out of Tom Brady. Every ounce of ability that Tom Brady had and potential that he had, he has fulfilled. You cannot say that about Tiger Woods, and you can't even say it about Jordan. Despite their unbelievably historically great careers, there could have been more. For Tom Brady, when he's done, you're not going to ever say there could have been more. He made every moment count and squeezed out every piece, every bit of, of ability that he had. That's what I appreciate about Tom Brady, and that I just thought of when we were celebrating Tiger Woods down the stretch here at the Open Championship. I mean, everybody talks about the he He pissed away so many good years, so many years because of the Army training and, and running through the desert with weighted boots. It's just a damn shame because I loved watching Tiger. I love watching Tiger Woods and watching him play and what he did for golf and what he was for golf. I lap up Tiger Woods content like a dog. I just, I, I just, it, it, you think of all the missed opportunities from two thousand, you know, the end of two thousand eight to two thousand nineteen to not win a major championship. He won the Players in twenty thirteen. That was it, and that's not even a major. That's just for where he was. That's just so disappointing. And you know he should have passed Jack Nicholas. That should have been his record. That he could. This wasn't a. I mean, it turned into because Bill Russell wasn't as good of a player as Michael Jordan, but he has more. He has more uh, championships, but Jordan was a better player, so that could be a play. But Woods was. I mean, Jordan was never going to get to eleven championships. Woods could have gotten to eighteen majors. Okay, in two thousand eight. Tiger Woods was 33 years old. He didn't win anything between 33 and age, what was it, 43? 42, 43 when he won in 2019. That's just 33 and 40. He won nothing. That, for some pro golfers, is the prime of their career. That's where they're at their best. That's where they win their first major or go on a run of majors in that time frame. And they couldn't do it, and they didn't do it, and he didn't do it, and it's just disappointing. Tom Brady will never have that. Let's talk to uh, Raj in Somerset. Hey, what's, what's up? up? How you doing? How you doing, Raj? I'm doing fine, man. Hey, uh, I no, man, I think you're wrong 100%. I, I toured for 11 years. I played on the Nike Tour. I played in Asia. I played in India. I've played all over the world professional golf, my friend. Golf is not a one-man sport. It's a team sport, no matter how you look at it. You and your caddy are a team. Okay. I had one caddy for 11 years, Billy. He was the best. Without him, I would not have made what I made. Tiger with Steve were a team. When you look at every single player and their caddy, how many caddies do they go through? They don't. They find the teammates. The caddy does one part of it, and, yeah, sure, all focus is on the player. All focus is on the shot. But nothing is made of what goes on prior to that shot, through the walkthroughs, uh, knowing where the pin placements are, getting getting exactly the read of the green, getting the understanding where the wind is going. Not all that is done just by the player, my friend. It's done by the caddy. The caddy gives the information, just like a sharpshooter, right? You've got one person that does the marking, second person does the actual shooting. It's a team sport. And a lot of people don't consider golf to be a reactionary sport, man. You are reacting to the way the, the course is set up to the way that whether the ball is two inches below your feet or a foot and a half above your feet. 
Yeah, I understand baseball, reactionary. Why? Because it's actually reacting to the ball coming at you. But golf is, is not considered that way because people don't understand from a professional level. Again, right. did no, I, make I, it I appreciate it. I followed it for four years. But I'm just saying that that's a wrong statement to make, that golf is not a team sport, my friend. I appreciate the call, Raj. You are not wrong. That's, that's fine. Okay. What I was saying, though, is that you're right. It is a team sport in that regard. However, it's totally different if you are Tom Brady or Michael Jordan, and specifically we'll focus on Brady, and you're tasked with being one of the leaders of a group, a big group of men who are all taking the field together, and you have to be the one that sets the tone in practice, during the offseason, after losses, after wins, after big wins and playoff wins, and when, you know, all, like Tiger Woods has a team around him. Every golfer has a team around him. But Tiger Woods, you know, doesn't have to worry about Stevie Williams' practice habits. You know what I mean? Or if he's getting the most out of these guys when they're practicing. Like, I guess, what, Steve Williams walks the course, walks the course before the major and gets his information. I guess Woods can push him to doing that in a, a better or more effectively. But it's not the same as a guy like Tom Brady setting the culture for the entire team. There's some similarities. But Brady had to set the tone and be the example for every man on that roster. You know, he had to find ways to play on the field with his teammates. You know, he had to adjust to the way guys were going to defend him. There's no guys defending you in golf. So, I mean, you can debate the semantics of whether or not it's a team sport. And I get what Raj is saying. Um there's a team involved in your success. But in terms of, I think Tom Brady, you know, I think what he had to do was harder in terms of managing the team as the leader of the Patriots and as their best player. I mean, look at Aaron Rodgers. The guy has not won one Super Bowl. He has been to one Super Bowl despite the the loads of talent that he has. Why? Because he is not the leader or the culture creator that Tom Brady ever was. Okay, you can talk about the head coach or Mike McCarthy's a boob or whatever. That's fine, and that's not wrong. But those in that league, the quarterback sets the tone. Okay, the quarterback is the guy that creates the culture, and if he's the best player, he really is the guy that does that. And all everybody else falls in line and follows your example and rides with you know and, and feeds off of your energy and emotion and ability and all those things. There's a heck of a lot more involved with, with managing a team if you're the best player on an NBA team or on, a, on an NFL team than there is as a golfer. It's still a team, um, a team, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? A team operation. But ultimately, you know, Tiger Woods, you know, he's been pretty good with a lot of different caddies, a lot of different coaches. He had Hank Haney. He had, um, you know, he had... Sean Foley, he had Butch Harmon. I mean, there was, his team went in and out, and he, he continued to win majors because of what he did between the, between the ropes or whatever you want to say with his caddy, but not worried about what a whole group of other men are doing on the field as they go out with him and their practice habits and how they manage their success after wins and stuff like that. It's just different when you're in a true team sport with a bunch of players that are all on the same team on the field at the same time. It's just different. Um, okay. So we'll see. You know, 
just getting back to the Patriots this year, it's it's just hard. And we were talking earlier about why I'm just not. I feel like the buzz is lacking this year. I don't know exactly. I can't put my finger on it. I'm just telling you the but it's just not there. Like I just don't think they're going to be all that different from last year. It's as simple as that. They may have some different moments. You know, Mac Jones might look a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more explosive. They might throw the ball a little bit more. Um, Mac Jones is definitely the thing I'm looking forward to most this year. More than the defense, more than any rookie, more than Devontae Parker or any acquisition they, they had over the course of the offseason. Mac Jones and his development is what I'm looking forward to most this year. If you want something to shut up the haters, I think it's going to be Mac Jones who does that. It's going to be Mac Jones who finds a way to really ascend up the quarterback hierarchy or whatever you want to call it and become a guy that can really show out. And that can really, you know, bring his team to new heights. I just, based on what they, you know, are trying to replace defensively and everybody else in the AFC, I just think they're going to struggle to win games, and I think they are what they are. I think Bill Belichick is what he is at this point. I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the things that made him great are not applicable anymore. And he's going to struggle to find ways to really give his... I think he's going to struggle to find ways to utilize a lot of his strengths. But we'll see. I don't think they're going to be bad. I don't think they're going to, you know, be 6 and 11. I just think it's going to be a lot of last year. 9 and 8, 8 and 9, you know, lose to the game, lose to the teams that you were kind of slated to lose to and beat the teams that you were slated to beat. That's what I think it's going to be for the New England Patriots this year. I hope they prove me wrong. Um, but if the draft class can show out, and if they have a draft class akin to what they had last year, and obviously that included Mac Jones, I think that could be a different situation. I think you could be talking, if that's the case, about winning one playoff game, if that's the case. If it isn't, you're probably not making the playoffs. You're probably one of those teams, and we know the stats in the NFL, all the turnover in the NFL playoffs. I know they added a team to each conference, but... If if it's just what it is last year and you're not getting if you don't get a significant contribution from a new player this year, whether it's a free agent signing or a rookie, I think they're gonna be around what they were last year and miss the playoffs. Despite what Mac Jones may or may not do. I don't think that's gonna be enough. I don't think. I'm just factoring what they don't have on defense and what everybody else around the AFC has. That's probably, even if Mac Jones takes a significant step forward, it's probably not going to be enough this year um, unless a bona fide number one receiver emerges. If Devontae Parker did have a mini Randy Moss type year, which I'm not banking on, maybe we'll have a different conversation. But until that happens, I can't go down that road. I can't do that. All right. Um, a few more things I want to get to. BB coming up at six fifteen as we get set for Yankees Red Sox Yanks uh, and Sox Sox trying to go for the win the second win in as many nights against the Yankees. Given their situation, that'd be huge. We'll talk about that more going forward. This is the Brian Barrett Show here on WEI. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now, more of The Brian Barrett Show on WEEI. All right, back here on The Brian Barrett Show. I'm Mark Dundara with you until 6.09. BB will come up at that point and talk socks with you. We'll get back into the Red Sox in a second here. I was just looking through Andy Hart's column on WEEI.com. It's a good one. You know, he's talking about five guys um, that you could see really bust out for the Patriots this year. I forget how he worded it. Five guys that could pop, something like that. Poised to break out in 2022. Okay. I'm just going to go through them real quick and give you my thoughts because some interesting names. Uh, names that are predictable. All of the above. Kendrick Bourne, number one. Now, Kendrick Bourne, if he breaks out, I would argue that he broke out a little bit last year. Um, so, for me, that'd be great if he breaks out. I just don't think a breakout season from Kendrick Bourne is going to really move the needle much for the New England Patriots. I don't see a big breakout season. I think a breakout season would be if he can do it again, do what he did last year again, and then some. I just don't think, based on his production last year, I don't think we're going to, A, get much more than we got last year, and B, based on what he did last year, I don't see that really changing what the Patriots do as a team this year because of what Bourne did last year and their whatever lack of success. So that's number one on Bourne. Okay, number two, he has Cole Strange. Look, I'm sure the kid's going to be able to play. He's going to be a, he's going to be an NFL player. He's going to be a guy that's solid and can do it. I just don't think Cole Strange is going to move the needle at all. This is about moving the needle. You know, this is about getting you from 10 and six, you know, blown, blown out in the playoff game where you don't force a punt into relevance. So Cole Strange isn't going to do that. You know, he could become a good player. I think he will. But that's not going to that's not going to become some big time big acquisition moving the needle. So you're 0 for 2 there in terms of really changing the game for the Patriots in what Andy has in two of his guys. That might break out. I just don't think they're going to change the game for the Patriots. Now this guy it's a little different. Third name he has up here is Kyle Duggar. Now if Kyle Duggar, based on his past performance, if he breaks out, okay, now I'm getting aroused because Kyle Duggar, that's a different guy. That's a different type of position. That's a different type of, you know, and obviously I'm fantasizing about names he'll never come close to. But if he ever became something akin, you know, Troy Palomalu, you know, I get what I'm looking for are playmakers. That's what I'm looking for. You know, they've had for so many years all these solid guys that are in the right position, the Devin McCourties, who's still there. But I'm just talking about I need playmakers. And if a playmaker emerges, like Duggar, who arguably already is one, but if he takes it to another level, breaks out, that is something. That could move the needle for the Patriots. And that would be a big deal to me. So I like the Kyle Duggar one. I'm going to be watching him closely. Fourth name here, Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson. Doesn't move the needle enough. Now, I always, Ramondre Stevenson reminds me of Clinton Portis. And that's a good thing. Portis was a really good running back. He'll probably never be that good, but he reminds me of him. If he breaks out, 
that helps the Patriots, you know, but does it move the needle a little? You know, maybe the, the play action's a little bit more effective, but I don't think it's enough to get me really excited. I don't think it changes the complete dynamic of this team. Damian Harris is really good. They ran the ball really well last year. I don't think it changes the dynamic of this team. I think they need to become more of a passing team. So I'm not really, you know, pining for a running back to be a breakout performer. As, as you know, it wouldn't hurt, but that's not really what I'm looking for. I don't think that moves the needle. And the last guy here he has, Christian Barmore. I'd love to see it. You know, I'd love to see it. Um, I would have loved to have seen more. I wish he was a linebacker, like a middle linebacker. You know, I wish uh, a middle linebacker was on this list. But if Barmore is going to break out, I'll take it. Obviously, if I'm the Patriots, I'll take that. So, does it move the needle? It doesn't really move the needle. It doesn't change the game for the Patriots. So you kind of got one and a half guys that I'm really excited about, maybe two. Duggar, that would be a significant storyline if he has a breakout type season. Barmore, that would help. But as a defensive lineman, defensive tackle specifically, I mean, we've seen what Aaron Donald could do. Obviously, he's not going to reach those heights. I, I think it would be something, but moving the needle, we'll have to wait and see. I don't know if they're going to move. That moves the needle. Tell me about what um, Matt Judon does this year. You know, talk to me a little bit about how Malcolm Butler performs this year. And then we'll talk about what the defense is and what the team could be. Let's talk to Steve in Fall River about the Patriots. What's up, Steve? I like your take on the picks. Uh, Kyle Duggar. <clears throat> I'm going to call him a poor man, Robert or Bob Sanders from the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Because he's a, a raw guy that goes... Uh, across the field, and he's a crazy hitter. I'm a little disappointed because in his second year, he faded down the end. I know he had an injury. I go to the Miami away game every year. I was sorry not to see him. I'm willing to give him halfway through this year to see the breakout, and it would be impactful. I'm going to come back to Matthew Judah, and I want to go on to Christian Bombard. I used to go to all the games. It's hard to tell from TV. And God knows listening to people tell up to you about it on talk radio. I think he was a little overhyped. However, if I'm wrong and he wasn't overhyped, I think it's a more important impactful position than you're thinking. And who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of, oh, my God, Richard uh, Seymour. If he's, if he's Richard Seymour-like. That's good. And I'm not saying we've got Richard Seymour and Bob Sanders, because guess what? That'd be fantastic. But if we get some iteration of that, we're good. So, Bob Moore, I'm keeping an eye on. You kind of have to regrettably be at the game to see how he does it, unless, you know, he really comes on and it becomes apparent if he's in the backfield, a la Aaron Donald. We don't expect it. Matthew Judah, Mr. Over, you talking about overhype? Oh, he must be hurt. He must be this. He must be Houdini because he disappeared at the end of the year. Now, I'm going to give him till the end of September to, to tell me to make up for his disappearing act last year. If Matthew Judon is not back to some semblance of what he was to weeks one through ten, he's a bust. And I'll give Kyle Duggar till the end of October. And if he's like he was at the second half of last year, then you have to take down the quality of his draft. 
because he's the only guy in that draft class, I think it's 2020, that was worth anything. So if Kyle Duggar doesn't keep going up and have a breakout and become some semblance of somebody good, that draft class is a D. And in a rebuild, you cannot have Ds. You have to have A, A minus, B plus, A minus, and then you've got something to build on. All right. Well, thanks for the call, Steve. And I totally agree. Duggar, they have to have production from him this year. He, You could argue, I guess I wasn't being that urgent about it, but I should be. He needs to break out this year. You need that level of playmaker to emerge for the Patriots, especially a guy in year three, especially a guy that has shown capabilities. Okay, you need that. They're going to need that. Now, Barmore, Richard Seymour, that's a big ask. I don't, I don't love that. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I'm thinking like... You know, I would have probably gone more along the lines of Vince Wilfork. And obviously that's a big ask. But, I mean, Seymour, he made the Hall of Fame, right? He made the the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Barmore, you need to worry about becoming a guy that can get on the field and, and impact plays. Uh, then you worry about maybe becoming a guy close to Vince Wilfork long, you know, a long time from now. But they need playmakers. Playmakers. That's what they need. Okay, and we'll see who that becomes. You know, I like the thought of of Hunter Henry. I think he could be the go-to guy for Mac Jones. I expect him to be the go-to guy to Mac Jones, the Julian Edelman of Mac for Mac Jones. Um, Bourne could have a little bit, be a little bit in that role, but they need playmakers that guys that can just be dudes. You know, Parker could be that guy. I mean, I remember what he did to to uh, Stephon Gilmore the DPOY year. I remember, but he's not on the field enough. If he's on the field and it has a huge year, let's see what happens. All right. We're going we're gonna to wrap this up. When we get back, we'll get you set. BB coming up here um, in a little bit. Red Sox, Yankees tonight. A couple thoughts on that. As we get set, this is the Brian Barrett Show. I'm Mark Dundaro on WEI. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.